0: Today is April the 26th. Today we see the end of Saul. Reading through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read 1 Samuel 29 to 31. This is the end of Saul's life. In chapter 29, uh, Philistia, a a, a budding nation, uh, gathers together and they get soldiers from all over the country and they go to make one huge battle against Israel. David goes with them all worried about what's he going to do. He can't really fight against Israel, Uh, but the question is put to rest for him. The other generals of the Philistine army reject David. They say, we get in the battle, he'll switch. He'll begin to fight us. You know, I think he probably would have. I think they were probably very discerning. Um, As a result, David goes. He leaves. He goes back home. Now, the battle from Philistia is picked up in chapter 31. And in that battle, we read of the death of Saul and all of his sons, except for one. Jonathan is also killed in that battle. But in chapter 30, when David goes back home... He arrives home and he finds that now that all of Philistia's army has moved to the north to fight with Israel, the nation to the south, Amalek, has attacked many Philistine cities, including the city that David held they took uh, David's possessions. They took his, his wives, his children, the, the wives and children of all of the men in his army. So he goes against Amalek and uh, defeats Amalek, rescues uh, all of his wives, uh, the wives of his men, and the wives of other Philistines in those cities. Incredible story. The important thing here is that just as Samuel predicted, Saul died in battle very shortly after he consulted the medium. There is now nothing to stand between David and the kingship.
1: 1 Samuel 29-31 New Living Translation 1 Samuel 29 The entire Philistine army now mobilized in Aphek, and the Israelites camped at the spring in Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds and thousands, David and his men marched at the rear with King Achish. But the Philistine commanders demanded, "'What are these Hebrews doing here?' And Achish told them, "'This is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. "'He's been with me for years,' And I've never found a single fault in him from the day he arrived until now. But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him, they demanded. He can't go into battle with us. What if he turns against us in battle and becomes our adversary? Is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing our heads over to him? Isn't this the same David about whom the women of Israel sing in their dances? Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. So Achish finally summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been a trustworthy ally. I think you should go with me into battle, for I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today." But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Please don't upset them, but go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment, David demanded? What have you ever found in your servant that I can't go and fight the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish insisted, As far as I'm concerned, you're as perfect as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in the battle. Now get up early in the morning and leave with your men as soon as it gets light. So David and his men headed back into the land of the Philistines, while the Philistine army went on to Jezreel. 1 Samuel 30 Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag, They had crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among the captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his six hundred men set out, and they came to the brook Bezor. But two hundred of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with four hundred men. Along the way they found an Egyptian man and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins. For he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. "'To whom do you belong, and where do you come from?' David asked him. "'I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite.' He replied, "'My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick.' We were on our way back from raiding the Kirithites in the Negev, the territory of Judah, and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziglag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders? David asked. The young man replied, If you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy. Because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except four hundred young men who fled on camels. David got everything back. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Then David returned to the brook Bezor and met up with the two hundred men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this a decree and regulation for Israel, and it is still followed today. When he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Here is a present for you, taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. The gifts were sent to the people of the following towns David had visited, Bethel, Ramoth, Negev. Jader, Eruar, Sifmoth, Eshtemoah, Rachel, the towns of the Jeremelites, the towns of the Kenites, Horma, Boratian, Athak, Hebron, and all the other places David and his men had visited. 1 Samuel 31. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, "'Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt and torture me.' But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. So Saul, his three sons, his armor-bearer, and his troop all died together that same day. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. Then they placed his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths, and they fastened his body to the wall of the city of beth But when the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Bethshan and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They brought them to Jabesh, where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days."
0: scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see how David became king.